you so much. Thank you very much. We need to get the word out, Pastor Tim. And uh, those of you, uh, if you're here today and you're going to be baptized at the uh, church picnic next week, I want to make this announcement too. Next week, you can come to church in your shorts, whatever. If you want to, if you uh, are planning, of course, I hope everybody's planning to be uh, at the picnic and the uh, the baptismal service. Those who are we're going to have that. Is part of it, but the fellowship is going to be fun. There's a Tarzan swing for all us Tarzans out there and Tarzanettes. Amen. Any, <laughs> but there's boating, there's paddle boats. I think there's a lot of different things and activities there. It'll be a lot of fun. Amen. Fellowshipping with one another. Uh, like Gary said, God wants us to have fun. We need to have fun. Amen. But next week, I'm going to minister on the subject of baptism, particularly from the Word of God. And uh, I really am trying to make sure, Pastor, that we notify everybody that's going to be baptized. But it's not just for them. I got so encouraged by reviewing it and going over it and because uh, the Word is eternal. It just continually opens up to you, you know? Some other things are seen in it, and it's really uh, so encouraging. I'm excited about it. Matter of fact, uh, well, and glory. Amen. Who knows what the two enemies, two greatest enemies of intimacy and revelation are? Whoa. Everybody say it. Pro- say preoccupation, preoccupation. And procrastination. procrastination. They're actually enemies of our personal intimate relationship with God and our experience. It's not just, it's not the intimacy starts in the prayer closet. And a lot of times, I think when we see it, when Jesus said, don't be as the Pharisees, put it on a long face when you fast and pray. You know, the Pharisees had a way with them when they were fasting that they made sure all the people knew it. So the people would think, oh, man, they're really, they're really good Pharisees. They're good leaders. They're fasting. And I can see the sorrow of, of their belly, you know, on their face. That the, oh, the want that they're crucifying, <laughs> you know, denying. They didn't use that language then. They're denying themselves to be closer to God. No, he said, no, you put oil on your face. Amen. Put oil on your face. Put on a happy face. Put on a happy face. Put on a happy face. I don't even know that song, but I just that. It's probably good. (laughs) It's secular, but amen. Put on a happy face. Hallelujah. Well. Preoccupation. How many? Well, let me let me quickly just go through this. I want to touch base on some of these things. How it came began to unfold to me this morning. I have I have notes, of course. But in Ephesians chapter six, Paul uses language, and the thing that's going to 
make you more successful, you and I both, more successful, is by believing that the word is true. Now, you can just, you can mentally accent what happened there, Ralph. By believing that the word is true. Now, we acknowledge that the word is truth. Amen? The word is truth. I acknowledge that the word is true. But even as a born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost, spirit-filled, tongue-talking believer, though I know the word of God is true, it still remains disconnected from me unless I receive it. I have to receive the word to conceive it and for it to bring forth fruit in my life. So preoccupation was the first one and I'm not going to, I may be redundant. A mentor in the things of the, of, the word of, of the Word of God, particularly in Revelation, was Alan Vincent, an apostle. And we had the pleasure of having interaction with him for about five years. And I'll get to that in a second. Oh, he said this. He was pastoring in England before God sent him in the mission field. And the Holy Spirit had him teach teach that congregation that he was pastoring for six months, midweeks and Sundays on spiritual finances, the kingdom of God and, and finances for six months. And he told the story. He said there was a man in his congregation that came up to him after about five months or something like that and said, Pastor, when are you going to get over this? He said, when you get it. Because apparently, if the Holy Spirit is guiding me to continue to bring light to you. Now, the entrance of his word gives light. Amen. And the Holy Spirit had him in, bring revelation. And I'll tell you, that man carried it. It was you. And when, when you sat at the table of his instruction and the things that God would have him impart See, if you're here today, you can hear the word and leave the same way you came in. We need to have a resolve that every time we assemble, I'm going to take hold of something that God has. I want more understanding. I want more knowledge. It's okay to want that. You should want it. Amen? I want more from the Lord. I want to be instructed. I want to be corrected. I, I'm going to the assembly in hope of being instructed, corrected, rebuked, or trained. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God's going to do something in my life today. He's going to give me more instruction on what? How to be a, a better a greater, I'm going to say that. You can't get any more better because he's in us. But I'm going, to be, I'm going to become a greater expression of Christ in the earth. I'm going to 
by receiving the impartation of what the Holy Spirit's putting his finger on and communicating today. I'm going to leave with more light because the entrance of his word gives light. You know, Jesus asked the, the folk, the Pharisees, concerning John the Baptist, he said, what did you go into the desert to hear? Did you just go to hear a man? Did you go to see the maniac that was out there wearing camel hair? Inside out? Eating weird food and preaching the kingdom. What did you go out to hear? What did you go out to see? Well, they didn't go out to hear nothing. They went out to find something that they could criticize him on preaching. And yet he was the one preparing the way for the Lord. Chosen by God himself. We talked about it last week, didn't we, in John 15. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. So John the Baptist, before the foundations of the world in the heart and mind of God. A peak. 400 years preview. In the, through the prophet Malachi. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. I would have the mantle of Elijah will come on the scene. 400 years before it happened. And <laughs> prophetic things were silent for 400 years with, the, with the God's people. Malachi closed. <laughs> Nothing. No inspiration. They had to just live of what instructions, the books and the writings, the Torah and the prophets. By faith in the righteousness they walked in. Silence. No move of the Holy Ghost. We need to be grateful for the move of the Spirit. We need to be grateful for the, the teacher. See, we do more than just read the Bible when you do your devotions. You, you know, you're doing a good thing. You're developing a good discipline. But someone wants to speak to you through it. In it and through it. Something comes up like, man, all of a sudden you're getting in your car, going to your place of increase. I didn't say employment, your place of increase. How do you view your employment? I hate God. I hate that job. Well, eat the fruit of it. No, I'm going to the place of my increase. Glory to God. God's given me gifts, graces, and talents, and skill. And it happens to be in this area. And by the way, God, I'm open to whatever promotions you have. But I don't need them because I've like Paul. How about some of the body of Christ having the resolve Paul did? I've learned to be content in every situation, in abundance and lack. But lack don't have me and abundance don't have me. The kingdom has me. The king has my heart. Hallelujah. So I'm going to do whatever the king wants when he wants as he wants it. See, that's, a, that's where we need to get to. 
this great awakening that we're believing for and revival we're praying for. Uh, Listen, so many globally leaders are saying this next move is it. Maybe they said that every time there was a move. Amen. But this one is in it. (laughs) And the thing that's so beautiful, guys, listen, you got to get excited about this. You have to comprehend this. It's not going to be a pulpit platform revival. It's going to be in every one of us. Yeah. In him I live and move and have. (laughs) There's a vibrancy. You feel him. You breathe him in and you breathe him out. <laughs> hmm. Changes our perspective, doesn't it? Ephesians. Well, Pastor, I think, you know, what you're targeting here doesn't really, uh, I'm not sure that is exactly right. Preoccupation and procrastination. I mean, I know, okay, Pastor, I suppose that the Holy Spirit has given it to you this way, but why do I need to eat it? The fact that you're sitting here, you're either smart or stupid today. Everybody in this room is either smart or stupid. If you ain't supposed to be here, you're stupid. Misguided. I'm sorry. Stupid could be very harsh. I feel like Donald Trump right now. <laughs> uh oh. Who? Anybody in the media in here? This will be on the website. No, you're either misguided or guided today. If God has confirmed in your heart that you belong at Good News Family Worship Center, Good News Outreach Church was what it originally was then you can expect the Father to give you something that's going to bless your life every time we assemble. It doesn't matter. Don't make a hill of beams on how many people are here or not here. The thing that's really in question is, do you believe? Not only that you're called, do you believe that your leaders are called? Do you believe that your leaders hear from God? And do you believe, do you have an understanding that your leaders are responsible to get ascertained from God what you need to eat when we meet? M-E-E-T. Or are you still in a religious going around the mountain mode? I'll tell you what, there, ooh, what's happening right now, this is, you can take this to the bank. Many people in the body of Christ right now, they're, walking, they're going around the mountain. And there's a promised land God has promised them, but they're just content with going around the mountain. They become routine. Born again, tongue talkers I'm talking about. 
And when you just keep going around the mountain, you're fruitless. You're fruitless. But when you say, Caleb, 85 years old. 85 years ago. He was 45 when he went in with Joshua with the um, spies. 85 years old. Listen, there's hope for all us eldering ones. Hallelujah. Ain't nowhere near 85. But this man of God had a covenant. He knew his God. He got his sword out. Went up to that honing stone and... What are you doing, Caleb? You're 85. <laughs> I'm 85 on the outside, but let me tell you, I'm on a young motor scooter on the inside. I'm going to take me some giants. I'm going out there to go into the promised land and bless God to whatever enemy is in our way. They are going to be slayed. Please don't get in my way. There's a promised land for everybody in here to be feasting in. Grapes. They had to carry on racks. They were so big. Two men to carry the grapes, the vines. Get them on a, a piece of wood and get it up. They had land flowing with milk and honey. There's only one problem. There's enemy there. The enemy has a goal. Deny you. Your inheritance. I lost you when you got saved. But I can, I can try to get every, do every effort and have my demons do something to keep you from inheriting your inheritance. To discourage you. To bring doubt into your life. So that you will never believe. Or your believing will be diminished. See if I'm the devil. I got work to do. And I got news for everybody in here. He don't take a vacation. He's not, om he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. But he has a governing body of demons. That hearken to his desire. Because you know, I got news for you. The Bible says, and people have said, and it's even in Scripture, they hate each other. They're in derision, but yet they dare not. They dare not not fulfill what the general of evil is telling them to do. Because they don't want to suffer from that bugger. Demons are afraid of Satan. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the word. He is the word made flesh. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong. In the word, church. Amen. Be strong in the word, church. 
I don't have time for the word. You don't have time to eat natural food then. Bless God. If you feed your belly before your spirit, you're upside down. Well, glory to God. This is going to be a popular message. Just a thought. We're so trained to take care of this flesh. Take care of that belly. Those who are sons of God are led by their belly. By their desires. No, they're led by the Holy, Holy Spirit. Glory. Put on the whole armor of God. Wait a minute. Let's rewind the tape. Verse 10. Finally, brethren. On August 20th, 2017, brethren. Gathering at Barrington, New Jersey. Be strong in the word. And in the power of his might. The might of the word of God. See, it's not only how you read. What you read. It's how you read it. How do you read the word? Well, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. In the power of his might. I'm doing my duty. Finally. Brethren, be strong in the word and in the power, dunamis, of his might. Shake it off. What's going on with me? I don't feel right now like I'm strong in the Lord. I don't feel strong in the word. What's, what's, what's going on? Ask the questions. Check yourself out. Do a checkup from the neck up. Is your mind lined up with the word of God, the will of God, the love of God, the intent of God, the purpose of God? Are our thoughts aligned? Hallelujah. Every day. How do you start your day? Well, pastor, are you trying to bring us into bondage? Yes. The bondage of fruitful discipline. Good bondage. Bond slave of Christ instead of a slave of sin. Jesus had disciplines on the earth. Oh, I love the Lord and I want to follow him. Do you really? Really, really, really. Do we really want to follow him? John chapter 6, he preached a message. A whole bunch of folk out there. And he said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part in me. The Bible says, the crowd dispersed. Okay. 
You're a good preacher till you got to that. This cannibalism stuff, we got to pass. We're not eating nobody. We ain't eating no, no humans. We're not drinking any human blood. Clueless. But if we were there, come on, let's just be honest about it. We all were there listening to the master's message. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood. Whoa. I need clarification. <laughs> I would have at least asked for some clarification. But the Bible says they all left. And then the 12 are standing there. Wait. How did we get in this posse? And Jesus, Jesus don't bat an eye. He looks at them and says, you want to go? Here's your opportunity. Bolt. You can leave too. How'd you like the, the Lamb of God, Prince of Peace, called you to be part of his disciples, which was common in the culture. They agreed, and they're following, and they're saying things they have never seen before. They are hearing things about the Father they have never heard before. And now Jesus drops this bomb on them. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part of me. <laughs> the whole crowd disperses, and then the 12 of you are left. Do you want to go? Because I don't want you to follow me out of obligation. I want you to follow me because you trust me. You love me. Peter, where are we going to go, Lord? <laughs> Only you have the words of life. We're between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> but if that's where you're, you got us, we're staying. You ever felt like you were between a rock and a hard place? Anybody in here? Let me see your hands if you ever felt like you were between a rock and a hard place. It was called the valley of decision. And your brain was telling you one thing and your spirit was telling you another. And to choose what was right was going to be difficult. That's a rock and a hard place. Difficult on your flesh. Difficult on the, in the unknown of how God was going to bring something to pass. Amen. Finally, brethren, be strong in the word, the Lord, the word, and in the power of his might. Next verse, please. Now, I'm capitalizing on that. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, armor was something that was put on in the morning, and it was taken off in the evening. The Romans didn't go to bed with that stuff on. They put it on in the morning and they took it off when it was time to go to sleep. But God's equating this to spiritual armor. He's saying, I need you. I am calling you, church, to have a resolve. A routine even. It may feel mechanical as you begin to do this, but meditate on it and get the essence of this, not just the fact. You know, food in and of itself can be palatable, taste good, and everything else. 
But what we eat and what is contained in what we eat determines the value it gives to our body. Junk in, junk out. Good things in, good things. I'm not going into diet. Well, no, there is a spiritual principle. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The Bible teaches you and I. And I believe it's in Luke chapter four. The first message he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And he brings it right on up and he stops right before the before the day of vengeance of our God. And he said he closes the scrolls and he says this scripture is fulfilled in your presence today. And at first they're like, wow, this is the carpenter's son. Oh, that's beautiful scripture. That's talking about the Messiah. Wait a minute. He said it's fulfilled. What? And he goes on and he gives a little more instruction about what happens and what happened by God's people to prophets. Bad things. They get into an uproar and Jesus' first message, they push him to the cliff, a cliff, to push him off in hopes to throw him off a cliff. Welcome to the ministry. A lot of times folk want to kick you off the cliff. You're still here. You floated well. You're t- transported. You know, they make a joke of it. What are you having Sunday afternoon? Fried preacher. Got him on the spit. Hallelujah. I didn't like that message. Let's cook him. Wiles of the devil. What does the word wiles mean? Schemes. Trickery. Leave the verse up, please. What happened? PC went down? Okay. Wiles. That you, okay, let's, let's look at it again. That you might be able to stand against. Now, the word stand is interesting. It says like in an upright. It means in an upright and active position of faith. In an upright and active position of faith. That you might be able to stand in an upright. It's not indifferent. It's not an indifferent mode. Well, if I'm in the Lord's hands, I don't have to worry about that. No, you're not called to worry. You're called to be responsible. You're called to be a king on the earth and in the earth. You are called as an ambassador of the Lord God Almighty, the Father, and you are his representative, his chosen representative to represent the kingdom of heaven. How are you managing that? 
You need to have a different attitude. We all do. I'm in ambassador school. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus. I'm not just a believer. I'm a disciple, a disciplined follower of the, of the, of the Lord. I am a student of the word of God. When's the last time you confess some of this stuff? So, the, yeah, if we're back up here, the wiles, strategies. That means the devil has strategies to minimize your impact on the, on the planet. He has schemes to keep you, Valerie, from being fruitful. It's every one of us. Now we can all celebrate in advance prematurely how we're going to view him according to Isaiah one day. The prophet says the church is going to look at Satan and say you're the one that gave us all the problems. amazing what the war of the soul realm can produce in the human heart it's amazing how diabolical this little insignificant quote unquote cherub anointed cherub before the throne of almighty God who was cast out of heaven and Jesus saw him fall like lightning this seemingly from prophet Isaiah saying that this in, he would seem to be insignificant, yet he is the general of evil. It's evil, wicked, and diabolical for you and I to not walk in the fear of the Lord. It is evil for you and I to not say holiness is a reality in my life. And I love it. So if he can get you and I preoccupied. Or even procrastinating. Um, we'll get there. So the wiles of the devil. The scheme strategies of the enemy. And it goes on. He says this in verse 12. For guys. Hey wake up. We don't wrestle. Against flesh and blood. It's not human beings we fight. But against principalities. Powers. There's a, there's a rank and file here. Let's just say it this way. That we fight against sergeants. In the demonic realm. Powers. Lieutenants against rulers of darkness, captains or colonels in the spirit, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, generals of evil. Maybe one star, two star, three star, four star. Amen. Amen. He's saying, hey, you're in a spiritual war.
Next verse. Therefore. What is therefore, therefore? <laughs> to spike an alert in our spirit, in our soul. Therefore. Stand to attention in an upright and active faith mode. Take up the whole armor that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Because, baby, you face that every day. In the, in the realm of Satan. In this world. The Bible didn't leave you and I ignorant. And a lot of times we can say, oh, yeah, I know that. But don't just know it. Believe it. The Bible says he is the prince of the power of the air. The, this airwaves of influence, thoughts, all the stuff, communications, unseen communication. Amen? He's the prince of it. The Bible calls him the God of this age. Illegal. But nonetheless... And you and I, we get grafted into the vine. We realize that we need a Savior. And who that Savior is, bless God. How blessed we are. Christianity isn't a drudgery. It's awesome. It's awesome to be saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, now, let me get... Oh, man. I hope this is all right. Preoccupation. So with this in mind, having done, put on your armor. Not armor all. Arm. Marie. <laughs> armor all. So if the Holy Spirit, James says this in the book of James, it says, but receive to the church. Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able, it has the power and the design to save your soul. Well, why does my soul have to get saved? I thought I got saved. Your spirit did. Our soul is eternal, our will, intellect, and emotion. But I have found, and I love it when Joyce Meyer said it. She said, I can't trust my mind. Joyce Myers, are you kidding me? She said, no, but she's preaching from the word. I can't trust my mind as much as it's been renewed. I have to bring my thoughts to the captivity of the obedience of Christ, the word. Regardless of how much I think I know, I still got to come to the word. Amen. Amen. So preoccupation. Enemy of your intimacy. I'm, 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 yeah. I, yet not I, but Christ in me is warning, bringing an alert, caution to this church, this assembly. 
This past month, the Holy Ghost is saying, You, my children, my beloved, I have something for you to realize. It's so urgent for your good, for your fruitfulness, for your protection. You know, I wish if I had the long hair and the robes and glory to God. It don't happen that way. Faith on your part is absolutely essential. Because if you, anyway, the food's being served, you could decide to eat it. But can I say this? Please eat it. Make our job easier. Because if you eat this, we'll have less collateral damage to have to patch up in your life. Thank God for the spirit of counsel. But don't stay in a mode where you always need counsel. Grow up. Get help. We're embarrassed to say help. Help. Where's your faith at? Help. This is faith. I'm putting trust that you can actually help me. I'm drowning. I didn't mean to fall out of the boat. Is this making sense? Life raft! Lifesaver! Whatever those things are. Preserver! Throw me something! Where's your faith? Swim, you filthy animal! Use your faith to learn how to swim now! Can you relate now? Where's the church? Oh, you got to walk on those spiritual eggshells and you watch your faith, watch your confession. <laughs> Dear God, God forbid that you be off a little bit. You're supposed to be perfect as I am perfect. <laughs> Shut up, you Pharisee. Jesus never did that. He loved. My God, he went into the sinner's party. Sat down with him. Why are you doing that, Jesus? If you knew the crowd you were with. Hello. The well don't need a doctor. Who are we targeting? Preoccupation. The state of being preoccupied. The absorption of the attention or intellect. Absorption. Just like you put a sponge in the water. That sponge begins to absorb. Amen? See this. You're in our focus. Is it about us or about him? See, it's not enough for you to think and be, I mean, be glad you're saved. But this life isn't about us. It's about him and his kingdom. (laughs) 
how's this last great awakening and revival going to manifest through the church? This, this is a key way. The works that I do, you will do also and greater because I go to my Father. My spirit's going to be poured out without measure to all. Carol brought that out in the upper room. The Holy Spirit fell upon 120 folk evenly, all in the same measure for the apostles of the Lamb and for the folks that were hanging out. They all received that same unction for the function with the gumption. God wasn't partial. God is saying to his body, I will give you everything you need. I have provided it already. When you reach out, that's an action. That's the word in action. You need to see, you and I need to see ourselves as the word in flesh. If I'm not my own and I'm Christ and Christ has truly saved me and moved inside. I need to let him have his way. Jesus, my earth suit, I know you've given me. But wherever two or more agree on anything on earth and touch on it, Lord Jesus, I'm content in being the co-pilot. Please take control. Jesus, take the wheel. That was a country song, right? Jesus, take the wheel. Because I'm messing up. And if I'm driving, I'm going to take us over a cliff. I'd rather you drive, Lord. I mean, Lord, I've been known to run stop signs and go through red lights. I need you to be driving. I wrote this down. Some things that preoccupy or engross our minds, absorb it. Sports. Nothing wrong with sports. Everything I'm going to name, they're not bad or evil of themselves. But if they take his place in our life, then they're evil. Sports, activities, social media, electronics. An idea that preoccupies the mind and holds the attention. Now, God, by his spirit, can give you something to meditate on and occupy your mind. He wants you to meditate on it, focus, mutter it. How many prophecies have come out to the body of Christ and they're in the air? Witty inventions and creative ideas for financial prosperity and increase. It's in the air. Do you know what Bill, anybody know who Bill Gates is? Do you know what he has said about Microsoft when he was in his garage? He said, I was in my garage one day, and I had an idea. I had the idea for Microsoft. Now, his background, his education, and everything else contributed to a platform for the Lord to be able to give him the idea. See, he didn't come up with it. God gave. But he said this, when I had that idea, I knew it was in the air, and if I didn't seize it, somebody else would. So there, there's good attentive, attentiveness and there's wrong attentiveness. When our priorities get mixed up in the hustle and bustle of life, 
It is because our mind becomes preoccupied with something temporarily important, but not eternally significant. You can listen to this on good news, gnfwc.com. Go to media if you want to hear it again. Mark 4.18, we used this a couple weeks ago. These are the ones sown among thorns, the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, one thing, could try to preoccupy your thoughts. The deceitfulness of riches could be another thing in many different forms. The desire for other things is another category, plethora of things, of possibilities. Entering in, choke the word. And the word becomes unfruitful. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. The devil just hikes us the ball and we roam at it. <clears throat> there was a song that was so neat. Rejoice for the steps of a righteous man. They are ordered of God. They are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps uh -uh, of a righteous man. They are ordered of God. In the time of trouble, God will uphold UPS. God will preserve him. God will sustain UPS. See, UPS was in, the, in that song. In the time of trouble, God will lift him up. So rejoice, the steps are ordered of God. Wow, you're poor rejoicers. <laughs> yes, Lord! Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to... Well, so anyway, those things, you can listen to that again. But I want to go to procrastination and the, communicate this quickly. Procrastination is another enemy of our intimacy with God. <clears throat> this is what the Lord showed me. It's what the Lord gave me to serve you. I'm just Chef Ray today. Procrastinate means to defer action. To delay I hope you're writing this down. To procrastinate until an opportunity is lost. Interesting. To put off doing, I'm sorry, to defer action, hesitate. To delay, to procrastinate until an opportunity is lost. You're at work. And either a, a, a co-worker or somebody in your, let me say it this way, someone in your audience. If I can get you and myself even <laughs> to get all of us to understand and comprehend, I am God's ambassador. All the time, I represent him in my actions and my deeds, my words. Amen? So wherever this ambassador goes, 
Vince and Lydia are now, by default, in my audience. They're in audience with an ambassador. Whether they know it or not. Amen? Are you with me? Same's true with you. Now, if I'm at work and somebody's over here, and I just put a mask on. Keep it to yourself. Stay at home. Don't come to the office. We had one of these things. I'm an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, yeah, the Bible says, let me get a shield up here. There's snot all over the place. In the name of G, can I pray for, first of all, can I pray for you? (laughs) We miss opportunities. Well, Lord, should I or shouldn't I? You already missed it. You just go. There's a need. Todd White was such a great example. He prayed for people. He didn't even wait for to see a a problem. Do you need any prayer? He initiated. What was he doing? Activating his faith. On what? Mark, as a baby Christian. These signs will follow those who believe. Oh, I'm a believer. Do you need prayer for anything? The Bible says, whatever I pray for, the Father will give. Are you sick? Can I pray for you? What happens? I'm afraid I might get her cold. Jesus touched the leper. Jesus didn't worry about touching the leper. And we're like, uh, did you get your flu shot? No. Can I pray for you? Jesus said this. Jesus said this, that if I lay hands on the sick, anyone who lays hands on the sick, they will recover, whoever believes. I believe, and you're sick, can I pray for you? And in the name of Jesus Christ, I command this sickness to leave her body now, in Jesus' name. Father, for her to recover quickly, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord. Now, go your way. And the Bible says, they'll follow you. I'm going to see You going to cough anymore? (laughs) No. It says, pray and go. Remember? Go to God. Procrastinate also means this. To put off to another day. To put it off to another time. To defer, delay. American Heritage Dictionary says, to put off doing something. Especially out of habitual carelessness or laziness. You know, there are four primary uh, personalities. This is just fact. And I happen to fall in the category of this one program called DISC. Dominant, influential, stable, and compliant. I fall into this primary S. Zone, which is stable. Quote, unquote. But one of the dangers or weaknesses that come with that personality is procrastination. (laughs) 
Why? Because it's in the soul realm. It's in the personality realm. It's not the spirit. Jesus said, cast your whole personality on me. Amen? But it was beautiful going through that tool because I realize now that there's something I have to manage because my personality is in the, in the realm of the soul, the will, intellect, and emotion is kind of bent that way. Now, I'm a thinker. You know, all, well, I'm not even going there. I'm a thinker. I like to listen. Everybody's got something to say. But not everybody's saying something. I'm a thinker. And I have scripture that gives me great comfort. Even a fool is wise when he keeps his mouth shut. So just in case I'm in a foolish mood. I'll be wise. But don't ever think that my lack of verbal communication that I ain't thinking or talking. Because there's a guide on the inside. That's his voice I need to hear. Humans can be speaking, but I need to hear his voice. You know, a sniper doesn't say much. A sniper doesn't say anything. He, has a, he or she has a position in a war, and they're not to be seen or heard, but they're to take out the enemy or potential candidates that bring harm to the, to the, to the team, to the army. But I never think silence. You know, we had that song. Silence is golden, but my eyes still see. Put on the Lord's eyes. You'll see a lot better. There's a statement, delay is not denial. It applies to situations where there seems to be a prayer or promise not yet realized. Anybody heard that? Stay with me. We're almost over. I put it down this way. But when one procrastinates, regardless of personality, delay very well could be denial of the fulfilling of a prayer or promise revealed by the Holy Spirit. Delayed obedience is, is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Now that, that, uh, that's my bride. Say it with me. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Well, that doesn't seem fair. I mean, if I'm just procrastinating or too chicken to step out or too tired to do something, but I obey later, it does not count. It's too late. 
I mean, you get points for yourself, but you miss the opportunity. You miss the now of God. God says, do it now. For example, this just came to my mind. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. He who finds a Holy Ghost wife finds a great thing. There's at least two times or three times my wife was at a traffic light. Enjoying her intimacy with God. And talking. You all know that. Carol has the ability to engage in conversation. But I'll tell you what. She's a sniper in the spirit. She's there parked at the light. The light turns green. And she heard on the inside, Stay, don't move. And she just paused. And a car came through the red light. Would have hit her broadside and killed her probably. Light turned green. And according to natural laws, everything was a go. But the Holy Ghost said, don't move. It just stunned her. She stopped. Car came through the red light. Another time. Another time. This is a story. She has her mother with her. Say, those who are sons. Those who are sons of God, say it. Are led by the Spirit of God. There's a road up in Bucks County called County Line Road. It divides Bucks County from Montgomery. Carol had her mother in a car, and they're going 45. Well, the speed limit was probably 45. Carol's going 50, 55, you know. She pushes that grace thing. But she was going and coming up to an intersection where there were stop signs on the other road. She had the right of way on County Line. This other road, they had stop signs. And she was approaching it, and the Holy Spirit said, Stop! She stopped in the middle. She was going, stop the car. And her mother said, Carol, what are you doing? An 18-wheeler came through the stop sign, never stopped. I'm like, hallelujah. Father, thank you for a godly wife. Hallelujah. Well, it's because he's a prophet. She's a Christian for crying out loud. Those who are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. She had the right of way. Everything seemed right in the natural. Are you with me? I mean, I tried to imagine that. Stop! And her, I don't, you know, God knows the stage. Stop! Her mother. Carol, what are you doing? We're on County Line Road. And then her mother's like, speechless, which is a miracle. Whenever you have a mother-in-law that's speechless, that's a miracle. I love you, mom, mom. <laughs> I want to wrap this up. <laughs> Thank you for the fan mail. Inspiration. I got this by inspiration. Now, listen, you need to do your own homework here. And please, I'm going to say this. If you're a true, and I'm going to say it this way, just this clear. 
you can either leave here today, done your religious duty, paid your tithe, you're going to go to heaven. But if you're a disciple, you're going to take this to the bank. You're going to say, you know what, Lord, you gave this to my pastor. My pastor. My pastor. See, uh, you can be here for years, and we have a pastoral office that we're functioning in. But if you don't receive that office, well, you just heard a message. Anyway, Lord, if these truly are right now, right now, at this time in 2017, enemies of my intimacy and revelation with you, then I need to study. I need to do my personal homework here about procrastination and preoccupation and then look at my life in light of the preaching and of the word. Or the preaching of the inspiration. I need to check it out. Amen. <clears throat> I got this one day. And I was sh just stunned. Because of how it came in my spirit. And it came this way. Sometimes. Our I can't do this. Or I can't do that. Is a smoke screen of self idolatry. Saying. I won't do this. I won't do that. So stubbornness yields its fruit. And in 1 Samuel 15, the sin of Saul, Samuel said the prophet of God, stubbornness, the translators put in, is as. No, they added as because they wanted to soften it a little bit or help God out. Whenever you help God out, you get Ishmael. Stubbornness is witchcraft. Or rebellion. Stubborn is, yeah, stubbornness is rebellion. I'm sorry. Stubbornness is witch, idolatry. Thank you. Stubbornness is idolatry, Samuel said to Saul. And he said rebellion is witchcraft. So let me say this way. You need to have the fear of God back in your life when we meet. I mean, the joy of the Lord at the same time, it's kind of like God's ambidextrous. We have the joy of the Lord, we have the shalom of God, but yet we have the fear of the Lord. God, please help me not be stubborn against what your spirit is saying. Or even my, I'm going to say this, even against my leaders. Lord, please help me, protect me from being rebellious to what's being preached or taught or instructed. Because that's witchcraft. Ooh, hallelujah. Praise God. First Samuel 15, do your homework. The cost of discipleship will close here. In, in Luke chapter... 9 verse 57 I'll read it real quickly it's 57 to 62 and I want to pray for you in verse 57 of Luke chapter 9 it says this now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him Lord I will follow you wherever you go Jesus you and me we're, I want to be tight we, we I want to man you got the goods I know, man, I want to follow you. 
wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Are you ready? Are you willing to follow that? You really want to follow me? I, the son of man, have no permanent place to lay my head. You want to follow me? That means you now will have no permanent place to lay your head. And that's in that time, in that day, following him. Amen? Amen? Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father, who wasn't dead yet. Lord, let me first go and bury my father. He's going to die soon, we think. And after he dies, then I'll accommodate you. Then I'll throw you a bone. Then I will grace you, Jesus, with my presence. Follow me. Yes, sir. Follow me. Yes, sir. Where are we going, Jesus? You'll find out. Just follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Lord, let me first go bury my father. Look at Jesus' response. Let the dead bury the dead. Hey, he didn't say it ugly. He said, let the dead bury the dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. This is your assignment. Now, do you think that person did it? No. What was he? Preoccupied. With responsibilities of life. That hadn't even yet unfolded. So what did he say? Lord. Let, first let me go bury my father when he dies. You know because I'm responsible. And I understand there was. There's some legitimacy to his heart. But he, he was clueless. The Messiah. Is saying follow me. Can you hear his voice? Can you hear the shepherd's voice? I know you can probably quote John 10. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Stranger, they won't follow. Do we really? Are we so sensitive to our shepherd's voice by his spirit? I used to say, I want to follow Jesus so close that if he stops, I bump into him. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. <laughs> Sorry, dude. You know what? That's not always the case. In ministry, you become preoccupied. You have to be protected. You know, you think this message is for you. <laughs> the Bible says the farmer eats the first fruit. So I, you guys are just getting this for the, this one for the first time. But I've been eating on this, swallowing it, <laughs> chewing.
chewing on it and getting a Holy Ghost inspection. Verse 61, and another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And Jesus said to him, no one, no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, when we look at this patch of verses, the question has to be asked. Are the words of Jesus harsh? Are the words of Jesus, God the Son, insensitive? They would seem to be. They would seem to be a little harsh. In the natural. They would seem to be. A little insensitive. Lord. Cut, cut him a break. Cut him a break. He, the dude wants to. He wants to take care of his father. And bury him when he croaks. Jesus. What do you mean? I'm, Lord. That, that seems insensitive. It's important. But it's eternally insignificant. The work I have for you is eternally significant. Did you ever think about that for yourself? The work God has for you, Robert, is eternally significant. Carrie, Val, Sue, Christy, Lydia, George, Vince, Vince, <laughs> Deb, Jeffrey, Brian, Tim, Ridge, Brian, Vicki, Albert, I know it's Albert. I was thinking of the Chinese name. But... Rebecca, remember the word of the Lord from the prophet? Fashion designer. For you, Grace, Elena, Lisa. It'll come. The work we have is eternally significant. So we have to begin to prioritize. There's another verse where Jesus said, unless you hate. Unless you hate father and mother more than me, you have no place in me. That's what that's the, that's what it says at face value. Jesus said that. I mean, Jesus, why are you so harsh? Is he harsh? Everybody, answer me. Please answer. Please answer. Is he harsh? Is he insensitive? Is he full of love and truth? Grace. I believe God is preparing us to be active, sudden responses, quickly responding to his leading, giving. See, don't be a taker. Don't have in the, uh, what, what's this thing that's going on through the United States in the past eight years? The uh, mentality uh, that you deserve. What is it? Entitlement mentality. 
we are not called to have an entitlement mentality at all. We're to rule in this life as kings and priests unto our God. We're so much, you know, Billy Graham was asking, you've heard it before, Billy Graham, the evangelist, would you ever consider being president? He said, why would I step down? What an answer. Amen. So the word hate there, unless you hate father and mother, brothers, sisters, more than me, you have no part in me. The word hate means love less. To love less. Unless you love less your family, your earthly family, more than me. You have no part in me. There used to be a saying, oh, man. Back to the drawing board. You remember it? Everybody say, back to the drawing board. Turn to your neighbors say, we got to get back to the drawing board. Lately, I've really found myself meditating on, I am not my own. I've been bought with a price because I've got a lot of stuff that goes through the Rolodex up here. I want my life to be fruitful. I want the rest of my years, however they may be, to count. How about you? Please stand. Note the enemies. And give attention to them. That word love less or hate also means to love less and properly categorize your priorities. Lord, through this past month and a half, as we endeavor to take and to ascertain what you're saying to us as a body of believers and in the position father I'm excited because Lord and again I'm just so grateful for the the order of the things that you're feeding us with it's almost like last week Jesus that 1 Corinthians 12 13 and 14 need to be read together but Chapter 13 deals with the whole subject of love. And Lord Jesus, last week it was like, out of nowhere, you brought us into John 15. About your love for us. To help us refocus. To grasp, again, afresh of how valuable we are to you. How much do you delight in each one of us? And how you long for us to be in that place of leadership of the Spirit. But to love the, be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. Father, we pray and I just pray that we would all agree that, Lord, that we would be diligent. To not only read your word, but to study. To show ourselves approved. Lord, that we would meditate on your word day and night, as you said, Joshua. 
individually, collectively. But Lord, that we would make a decision to be fruitful, to multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. That every one of us are going to be actively involved in the great awakening and revival. So let it start with us. Personally, and in this house corporately. In Jesus' precious name. Those here, those coming, and those returning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you.